Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Eternal Master, we first of all come and thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you, Master, for uh, allowing us another opportunity to come and study your word. Now, Lord, we ask that you bless the teacher, bless the student, bless us all together. We ask to look upon the sick, children, and the bereaved family. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this gathering. We ask that you just empower us with your word because in times like these, we need your word from on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're in Deacon Wade's hand. Uh, I noticed that the lesson comes from Luke two thirty nine through fifty two, but uh, when I got my first. Uh, trying to acquire this lesson. I, I it was two other verses that started it off. Uh, it's just a little bit different from that. And and that that they went back to Ecclesiastes three and one. And 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 uh Ecclesiastes seven three seven B. And uh, what that what they talking about in that because I looked it up and it it says God has uh, put some things in order. In other words, God has put in place in order to govern nature, society, religion, and man. In doing so, God is the ultimate determiner of all things. When specific things will, will begin and when they will end. And so what they're looking at in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 is, is the providence of God. And the providence of God disposes and arranges every detail of man affairs. Uh, theologically speaking, providence is the means by which God directs all things, seen and unseen, good and evil, toward a worthy purpose, meaning he will, will his will must finally prevail. Providence really, literally means foresight. So the providence of God means is God wise and personal act whereby he creates and controls circumstances in order to direct history according to his predetermined plan for his glory and the benefits of his elect. And that first verse of Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 simply says, to everything there is a season, a time, to every purpose under the heavens. And then it's talking about a season in in that a fall, winter, spring, but there's also seasons in our lives in that we are a child, we well, we are a baby, we are a child, we are a duck, we are old, so we have seasons in our lives too. And then when you talk about time, that signifies the beginning of something. Summer begin June twenty first. This class supposedly tried to begin at six o'clock. So God has set seasons and times in motion. And then everything refers especially to man movement and action and what concerns them. Again, everything has a purpose. 
and sometimes the purpose is uh might be pleasure, might be business, it might be some other matter, but everything has a purpose. So really when we look at what God, providence and man in, in their human relation affairs, providence arranges the moment when everything shall happen. The duration of its operation and the time given to it. So when you think about everything that happens every day in life, uh, we I used to think that we are in control. But actually, it's God that's in control. You find this old couple that maybe said we've been married 50 years, and and and, and how did it get started? And they might say something like, uh, "Well, I was in college and walking down the hall, and we bumped into each other, and and we met there, and we've been happy ever after." But what Providence would say in, in that particular case and what Solomon is saying in Ecclesiastes is that God may arrange that situation for them to happen like, uh, the way it happened because he's in control of everything uh, trying uh, in, in his effort to create a uh, end that he wants, a, a result that benefits his glory and his elect. So he's already predetermined that they were going to meet like that. Uh, and then verse 7b simply talks about uh, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. And we think about Jesus, uh, we don't see him saying a whole lot when and, and when they talk about him in his earlier years. But uh, when he started his ministry, you see how well he can speak. And, and, and a time to be uh, silent when they were crucifying him or uh, bringing him to the cross to be crucified and judging him. Jesus, as the song said, never said a mumbling word. So he knew when to be quiet and, and when to speak. So he was filled with, with wisdom. Now, how did that relate to, to what we're talking about today? Well, Jesus' whole, his whole life is, is on a time. It, it's, it's already predetermined before the foundation of the earth. Um, it would determine what what would happen and what what his life would be like. And when you read about him in the in the New Testament, he's constantly telling that that I need to be in this place. I need to be there. I need to be here. He tells his mother when it comes to uh, the wedding at uh, at uh, Cameron. The very first time when he turned water into wine, he says, uh, "That my time has not yet come." In other words, there's some things I'm going to do, but they on a time basis, and God has already set this up, and I can't deviate from what God has already determined. So you can see how what we talked about in Ecclesiastes is talking about with Jesus is that God has already determined how he's going to behave and how he's going to act and, and when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. It's already been determined before the foundation of the earth, but... Uh, it's all in accordance with how he's already arranged things. So verse 39 says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And what, is, what they're talking about on this is that this shows the faithfulness and the obedience of Mary and, and Joseph to the law of God. It teaches us that they are hindered to the law of God. It's to be done when we do God's work, it is to be done in strict compliance with God's standards and time. 
the performance of all things is referring to that Mary had to be purified. And that was part of what happened when a lady had a, a Jewish lady had. There was a purification. There was a purification process after the baby, and there was a presentation of the firstborn. That had to be done, and then there was a sacrifice and a ceremony associated with that. So they went. Uh, uh, Mary and Joseph went and, and, and did all these things in accordance with what God's law was. And so they fulfilled what God had, had required them to do for the newborn child. And then verse 40 says, And the child grew quite strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And what are they talking about is that, is that Jesus in his humanity was subject to the same laws of physical development as we are. In other words, he grew. His age was uh, was like our age. He aged in like a childhood, five, six, seven, eight. His mind was up as ours was. He ate the same food that, that anybody, any other small child would eat. He had to rest. He had to uh, uh, get clothes. He had to do all and so on, just as any other young person would have to do. His mind, his character. His intellect had to be developed, same as ours had to be developed. He walked strong in spirit. And uh, uh, his relationship with God and, and, and the teaching of God were established uh, with him by his wisdom. So wisdom comes from God. So he, he learned that. Um, he required wisdom from God. And God showed his spirit on him. The grace of God was upon him. And it showed him that even as a child, God did, uh, Jesus did the thing which uh, God favored. In other words, Jesus was a, a obedient and, 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 and uh, a child and, and a, a good a good child. In verse 41, talks about how his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And again, they are obedient to the laws of God. And the Feast of the Passover was we're talking about how God required the Jews to celebrate annually the victory that he gave them when he brought them out of Egypt um, and that they put the blood of the lamb on the door. And and and, and uh, the death has passed over then. And it's a type of, that, that was a type of Christ in itself in that the blood covered them and we're covered under the blood of Christ. So each year they went up to Jerusalem and, and obeyed that. And verse 42 says, when he was 12 years old, again, they, they tell him about a certain uh, time in his life, 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And at the age of 12 years old, and I believe that's when they have their bar mitzvah or whatever they call that thing, it's when a boy is first becoming in, uh, a young adult. And and he's where he becomes a, a legal obligation. In other words, he started to, to take on the duties of the law. And uh, uh, he, he started to understand what, what his duties as, as a Jew was. And then they talked about how they uh, went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And going up simply means that Jeru uh, Nazareth is, is a place at a lower sea level than Jerusalem is. When you go up to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was set up on a hill. And it was about 70 miles from uh, Nazareth. 
And that's where the feast of the Passover was to be held. So this is all in accordance with what what a childhood of a, of a young Jewish boy would have been like. And when, he had to, when they had to fill the days and as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. And here we see that Jesus is taking a new course in life. In other words, he's starting to uh, uh, make a, a little bit of a, a move away from his parents, and that he is making a decision without the impact of his earthly parents. He is choosing the path of God and not the path of the world. Thus, as he, um, as they return, the child Jesus carried behind in Jerusalem, <laughs> and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So, in other words, he he he's got he's got caught up in, in what his his true path is. In other words, he he he's getting away a little bit from his um, earthly parents, and they fulfill the days. Speaks of the observing of God's law and observing the victory of the Passover, and in that observing the victory of the Passover, the law required the Jews to eat unleavened bread for seven days and celebrate the Passover, and one day uh, uh, for the Passover meal. In other words, it was about an eight-day eventual, uh, and the Passover bread speaks again of Jesus and His purity, and that there was unleavened bread. In the that he had no sin. So, uh, again, they're following all the religious behavior. Uh, verse 44 says, But they supposing him to have been in, in, his, in their company with a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. And, and it might seem like where they were, <laughs> They went a whole day before they kissed him. But what has happened in this is that their, their whole family travels together. And there's a lot of people in there, and it make it safe for them to travel because if you travel by yourself, um, thieves and stuff could, could attack you. But if, if you travel in large groups the way they were, and it was going to be a whole lot of people traveling with them, mainly family and, and, and kinfolk, and and. Uh, they probably just missed him thinking he was with somebody else. Um, but they, that man, Mary and Joseph, uh, supposing him to be in the company, went a day's journey, and they saw among the kinfolks and could not find him. And and this scripture here uh, uh, can get us to thinking in that when Jesus is absent, we all disturb, it ought to disturb us to the point of searching for him. Uh, it should not take us a long time to know that Jesus is not with us because his power is overwhelming. And But when we think about how they were, it, it probably is how we are all the time and that what causes them to not know that he would be in there. And, and when you think about it, they probably did the same thing we did. They had, there was a large family. They had family affairs, that their social affairs that happened while they were at the feast. Uh, economic affairs, domestic affairs, political affairs, education, and and, and then nowadays unemployment affairs, all these things are associated. And then there was a, the thing about traveling. They was traveling at this time. So when we get sometimes we get so caught up in, in the things of the 
uh, our everyday uh, diet, Jesus can be pushed to the backside. And everything but Jesus can be thought about. So we have to realize that uh, we stay focused on him and not on all the other things. And when they find him not, they return again to Jerusalem seeking him. And that ought to let us know that Jesus, uh, to find Jesus, we have to search for him. And we got to search for him in the right places. Uh, when he was not found among his kinfolks and friends, it tells us that we're looking in the wrong places. Uh, the value of Jesus is too great to assume he is with us when he's not. Uh, we must do what it takes to assure ourselves that he is with us. And Jesus is not fine among the foolish and, and, and the selfish. You got to find, look for him in the right places. And the right places is going to find him is going to be in the temple or in the church. Um, when he's, uh, when you start, so seek after him in the wrong places, uh, you're probably not going to find him. But if you seek after him in the right place, like I said, the church is a perfect place that he ought to be uh, is, is, a, is the church. So, if you want to say, I want to seek after Jesus, you may be the first stop you might all take and make a trip to church uh, because he's coming back for his church one day. Then verse 46 says, And came fast that after three days they find him in the temple, sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And this is a, a verse that uh, Dr. Walls likes to talk about a lot of time in there. The best place to learn, he's always said, is at the feet of somebody. In other words, we all ought to be able to sit down at the feet of somebody and let them uh, teach us. So this setting here is a picture of a perfect learning session because those that were in attendance had at first thing they had an open mind, and they were willing to learn from one another, both asking questions and getting answers in a, in a form like in other words, we ought to all be able to uh, be willing to learn the Word of God uh, and be willing to sit at somebody's feet and learn the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God shouldn't shouldn't be boring. It should be an exciting uh, to learn about uh, life-changing studies. So it's a, it's a study like any other study that, that uh, we ought to be willing to to sit and, and take time to learn God's word. Verse 48 tells us that and all that heard him were stunned at his understanding and answers. This speaks of the level of knowledge that Jesus had and an understanding that he had even at the age of 12. It teaches us that Jesus had the ability to learn, to retain, and to use the knowledge he possessed. In the case that Jesus was an extremely intelligent child, who had an unusual thirst for knowledge, especially Bible studies. He astonished the Sandesian Council in that they were supposed to be known for knowing all about the law and and have a great understanding of the Bible. And Jesus knew as much as they did, or, or, or at least he had a great understanding of what they was talking about. Normally a child at that age would not uh, know that, but he astonished them. The great professors, in other words, he made them sit up and take notice because he had great insight. And that's what astound means, is that uh, they were dumbfounded to see somebody that, that had all that insight. 
Verse 48 speaks of, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto them, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee siren. This is first uh, day is referring to Joseph and Mary. And the period of time that they stood and they watched Jesus in the midst of it's like watching your child do something great and, and you didn't even know he had the ability to do it. And they sit there for the few minutes that they before they let Jesus know that they were there. And they were impacted by the fact that he was well knowledge and, and material beyond what they even thought. And they was with him every day. But but they were uh, concerned about the everyday things of bringing up a child. And, and maybe, maybe he just missed the fact that this child was special. And, and Mary says to him, uh, Father and I have sought thee sorrow. Uh, and and they, Jesus will say something in the next uh, verse that, that lets you know that him and Mary are not even thinking on the same turn. In verse 49, he says unto them, how is that you sought me? Was you not that I must be about my father's business? And in other words, he's telling Mary that I'm about God's business. And she's talking about Joseph as his father. And he's already, evidently, I don't know what the situation has been explained to him about who he is at this point, but he's already talking about his father's business. He's talking about God's business. And Mary is talking about Joseph. He's not learning how to be a carpenter, though he does learn how to be a carpenter. He's not talking about being a carpenter. He's talking about um, uh, salvation and, and, and learning the scriptures. And and so him and his mother is on different pages. But Jesus responds to her in a general and mildly book uh, to Mary, his mother. The question Jesus actually was, was intended to remind his mother that he has a higher authority and a higher responsibility than his earthly parents. In other words, uh, the guy I'm talking about, mother, is 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 higher than you are. I respect you and all that you do, but there's gonna be some time in in the really folks tell us what's gonna be in the future. There's gonna be some times in the future that then I got things to do for my father that might interfere with what I'm, what 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 you have in mind for me. In other words, I got to do the will of the father which are in heaven. And and to let you know that Mary wasn't really thinking about what 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 she might have been saying because she was anxious and and she felt was uh, worried about it. But when you think about it, Jesus is the Son of God and that God was going to take care of him. In other words, she didn't have to be worried about it. God has gone going to take care of him anyway. Uh, uh, she was worried about nothing, and they understood not the sin which he spoken to them. And when you think about it, when our minds are concerned with with, with um, carnal things, with the things of this world, we have a hard time understanding the spiritual thing. And Jesus is speaking in the spiritual term, not in in a in a, in a word uh, condition. He's when he's talking, he's talking about uh, his spiritual life. Verse 51, 51 says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sins in her heart. Uh, Jesus is a model son. 
Uh, this verse teaches us that uh, uh, the proper role and place and duty of a child is to be. Children's role is to remain a child in a child's zone. In other words, that, that time, there's a season for all things. And, and this season right now is for Jesus to be a child. Uh, he's re to remain a child and not step into the zone of their parents. Remaining where a child is to be show honor and respect for the parents. In other words, when he doesn't uh, argue with his mother, when he he knows he got a, a higher mission to do, but he doesn't argue with his mother. He just uh, just mildly uh, try to get her to see his point of view. But he he's subject to her. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Here we see the elements of progression of nature. In other words, that we talked about in Ecclesiastes in that he's going through this process. It teaches us how Jesus made himself subject to the law of nature. He developed his body, mind, soul, spirit. He, uh, God gave favor in proportion to his stages of perfect development. Jesus was a perfect baby with a perfect birth. He was a perfect child, for he made himself subject to his earthly parents. He was a perfect man, for he uh, <coughs> he learned the trade Joseph uh, taught him was as a carpenter. He was a perfect servant of God, for he did always those things that pleased God. Jesus is a model for every child and, and, and maturing Christian. Uh, God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, Jesus did, took wisdom and and made uh, himself uh, uh, what God would ask all of us to be. Come in from anybody. Beautiful lesson. It's true. We got to be about our father's business. You know, when they was looking for Jesus, Jesus was right where he was supposed to be. He was in the temple. Amen. Jesus don't leave us. We leave him. Sometimes we get caught up in, in different mm -hmm. things, different daily tasks, and we kind of sort of drift away. But Jesus is right where we leave him, right where mm -hmm. we leave him. We just have to go back to him. And you see, where, you know, his earthly parents, at first, they, they really didn't notice that he wasn't with them. But when they did notice him, it, 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 the scripture said it took them three days to get back to him. How long is it taking us to get back to God? How long do mm -hmm. it take us to find our way back to Jesus? Sometimes it takes us a long time. I use myself for an example. When I thought I was grown, and I remember one time mumbling under my breath, mumbling under my breath. Didn't know mama heard me, but she heard me. I was mumbling under my breath. If I ever get grown, I'm not ever going back to church because that's all we do. And she heard me. And, of course, I did get that whooping that I deserved. But when I got grown, I did leave church. And I thought that I was grown and I didn't. I went to church enough when I was a child to sustain me the rest of my life, so I thought. But God showed me that I still needed him. He still took care of me, even though I was still in and didn't realize that I was making big mistakes. But he showed me that I did need him. And when I was at my lowest, my very lowest, is when I saw that, you know what, 
God ain't never left me. God has always been right there. I was just too silly to call on him. So Amen. We just got to find our way back. Your first mistake is you stepped out of your zone. That's you right. Child, you tried to be a parent. And, you, and that was not your time to be a parent. Now it's your time to be a parent. So yep. That, and that, that season for everything, your time then was to be a child. Yep. Yep. Also, um, if you think about it, uh, with with Mary and Joseph, you know, they were informed about this child. God had told them about this child coming and everything, but they didn't know everything about this child. Exactly. He is the son of God, so he has connection with his father, but these parents, you know, they're new parents as well. You know, they're learning, so they didn't understand. So can you just imagine yourself in their shoes? Would you be able to understand a lot of things that they went through? Mm-hmm. It would be kind of hard to to kind of relate. So um, the way they responded, I probably would have responded the same way because yep. we don't call things. And But it's amazing. I know that was an amazing moment, you know, to see a child speak and carry out the word of God, you know, that you never knew he had. That had to be a marvelous moment. Yep. I know they saw him in a different way. Exactly. I think maybe they didn't grasp um, the, the full power of who he really was, but there's times like when they go in the temple, the, that guy said he he uh, he can he could die then because uh, he he had been promised that he wouldn't die until he seen the the Messiah. Uh, so there's different times when people are telling them that this is the Messiah, but I don't know if it's registering to them just what that means. Uh, uh, I think maybe. Uh, somehow, maybe, maybe, well, we, maybe we didn't understand it, and still don't. Maybe, maybe they didn't understand what the Messiah really meant. I don't know if anybody grips what he was going to be like when he came. Uh, you see a little bit about it from the Old Testament. They talked about some of the things he's going to do, but I don't know if anybody really knew just how great he was going to be until they actually saw him do some of the things that he's going to do. But like mm-hmm. he tells his mother when at the, at the wedding in Canada, he says, my time has not yet come. So he's going to do some great things, but, but it's going to be in, on God's turn when God tells him when to do these things and, and, and when to start his ministry. But until he starts his ministry, he's still low-key. Uh, and I, I just wonder, even as a small child, it, they said as uh not everything that that is that he's done is written, so we don't know really what kind of things he may have performed as a small child. Uh-huh. Uh, said, because if uh, it says if, if if everything he did was written down, you couldn't put it in books. It would just be too much. And and you know, uh, Sister Ina, 
along the lines of what you said, I feel like that I do agree with what you said. I don't think that Mary actually knew what she had, meaning even she knew that, you know, she, this was the son of God, but I don't think she really, really, really knew the the full picture of what he really was. And I don't think she would be able to handle at that point if God revealed to her the what actually Jesus was going to endure. I don't think as a mother she could have handled it. So I feel like God didn't allow her to know beforehand what her son was going to endure. Because as a mother, she could as a mother, she couldn't handle it. Because no mother in this world would 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 be able to handle knowing that they child is fixing to you know be tortured the way he was. Well, I think somebody says in in, in one of the comments says this man is set for the fall and uh, the rise and fall of mankind, and and she looks at him. The scripture says something about she looks at him and. One or just what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really understand what they're talking about. But uh, one of these uh, might have been the same guy that that going could die after his uh, after he's seen him. But he was talking about some of the great things that he's going to do. But it's going to be some sadness in there too. And mm-hmm. so I don't I don't think she understands none of that. Even well, when she says she he's about his father's business. Uh, she doesn't come from him all of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, maybe it's just too much for her to burn. And that it is because from a mother's standpoint, from a parent, I'm not gonna keep saying mother. From a parent's standpoint, a parent instinct is to protect. So if Mary really knew what her son was gonna endure. Motherly instinct is to protect. So she would have, she would have, you know, tried her best to not let him endure that that he had to endure from a mother's standpoint. I think that's where providence comes in, and that. Uh, he's already predetermined what's what's going to happen to him. God has already set that out for the foundation of the earth. And, mm-hmm. and, and had she been a study of, of what was going to happen, she may have knew those things. But without knowing what uh, what was all in store for him, only probably one of those scholars would really know that. Uh, and I don't know, and they, most of them didn't understand him going to the cross until it actually happened. Uh, even the doctors had problems with that. Yep. And and so much about under about what happens in the Bible, we don't understand. Uh, I seen something last night in in the. The people were talking about they didn't. Oh, it was talking about how does God let so much 
slavery and that type thing go on in the world. God should handle all of that. But when uh, they was they was talking about what happened in in uh, Egypt, but evidently they never read how he delivered them out of there. And I'm mm-hmm. that they they don't understand the 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 whole the whole uh, uh, going down to Egypt and how God brought them out of that. They don't understand that he had to send them down to Egypt as a purpose. He had to send them down to Egypt to keep them alive. He sent them down to Egypt under under Pharaoh's control. They were able to grow and prosper in a phantom. Uh, Mm -hmm. By the time when the world was dying for food, they were able to go down to Egypt and become a, a nation in itself. And then when they when they after they became a nation, uh, uh, they went through some slavery. But uh, if they hadn't had some hard times, they would have never wanted to come out. Mm-hmm. But, but God, we had to send them through some things to bring them out. So if we don't understand uh, the purpose, and that's reason I, I read about that that uh, some scriptures in the beginning, there's a purpose to what God does. And when we understand his purpose in doing things and his time and season, they were only going to be in, down in Egypt for for a, a season. And, and in other words, it's not like a season like far one of them, but a season to do what God wanted them to, uh, to do with that nation. But when that season was up, then he had to bring them out. So if we don't understand what God is doing, we get all confused, uh, but that's where uh, studying His Word helps us to better understand Him. We'll never understand mm-hmm. everything that He, but we can get a glimpse of it. Any other comments? Amen. Amen. Well, it's six fifty, so <laughs> nobody has nothing else. Uh. Uh, I'm coming now. Do you, how y'all? How is everybody this afternoon? All right. Good, good. I enjoyed our lesson and enjoyed uh, everything. I just want to say uh, to the Walnut Grove family, I want to thank you all for what y'all have done uh, in the passing of my aunt on last week, and thank you for your. Well, all you have done, and thank you for your prayers and your support. Um, it was much needed. It was a difficult time for me because uh, whenever you just any time you bury someone, it is difficult. But when it's a close relative, uh, it's very difficult. So, and I have done it in the past, but it's getting closer and closer to home. So, y'all continue to pray. Uh, and I want to go back on Sunday. Thank God for technology. I tell you, technology is something else. Uh, Thank you, uh, Brother Anthony, 
uh, he talked with me on Sunday night, and I was able to hear everything that went on on Sunday. He he played it back for me, and I thank God that uh, all four of you all uh, done a, a beautiful, wonderful, and a blessed job. So I say I commend you all for what y'all done. Uh, I ask that you continue to do. Uh, and like I said, don't wait till I leave to do it. You're always welcome to do it anytime. Uh, I uh, was listening to the lesson, but this is not pertaining to the lesson. The lesson was real good, but uh, all day long, some things been popping into my mind and not going to hold you long, but I, I just want to say uh, prayer, praying and pray continue to pop in my mind all day because uh, uh, First Thessalonians 5 and 16 said, Rejoice, always pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Ephesians uh, uh, chapter uh, 6 tells us, Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand. What I'm saying is it's time that the saints of God uh, pray. Not only the saints of God, but all of us, it's time for us to pray. The uh, reason why I'm saying this is because judgment is going to begin at the house of God. But uh, we as children of God, let us pray because at this time, it is July. I say it every week, but it's crucial uh, to me because they're trying to make decisions about these kids going back to school. And, uh, and this virus is, uh, is getting higher and higher. Uh, and the president is... Yes, I have to say it. He's saying that he's pushing to go back to school. Yeah. But, uh, and I need to share with you down here uh, in Shelby County, we had two or three schools uh, while they were practicing and lifting weights, uh, uh, had coaches and students come down with the uh, virus. So, and then they had to cut it out that no lifting weights and all that. Uh, just last week. So I'm saying here, let us pray because, yes, it is still real. Uh, But what I'm saying is uh, let us be mindful of not only our kids, but if if they allow our kids to go to school or whatever happens, remember, they still got to come home to us. So uh, Mm. let us us pray uh, that uh, a wise decision will be made. But I'm I'm praying and I'm leaving that decision in the hands of the Lord. Lord will direct uh, how it should go. So I'm just asking, let us pray for not only our kids, but pray for the safety of all of us. Uh, so that's what I'm asking. And again, uh, thank you all uh, again for what has transpired. And uh, it's good to hear all y'all voices one more time. Uh, we love you. There's nothing that you can do about it. We love all of you. Uh, anytime that I could be a service, feel free to call. And uh, sorry, we got on late. We was uh, Mr. Uh, kids came by and throw her a little party, so she's getting up in age now. So y'all pray for her. <laughs> so she she's moving on up like Jefferson. Yeah. So uh, well, we're thankful to God for everything and to the Walnut Grove family. Uh, let's pray. Let's continue to pray. Not only for things in society, but pray for togetherness. Yeah. We need more. We need more togetherness. If every time we need the Lord, we sure do need Him yep. now. Yep. 
And uh, so uh, I'm praying for everything. Continue to stay in the Word of God. Uh, continue to uh, lift each other up in prayer. Uh, do we have uh, any prayer requests on tonight? Do we have any prayer requests on tonight? Uh, I guess nobody has a prayer request, but we just pray well, for everybody. Uh, Go ahead. I, Brother Pastor, good evening. Yes, good I evening. I want to be in prayer for that young lady. Thank God she was found that was yes. uh, missing yesterday from Center area. Right. And I prayed for her mother because I was informed that she was being abused as well. So, right. you know, pray for that, that young lady because she probably saw a lot of stuff and went through a lot. And right. Pray for yes, yes. All right. And, uh, uh, well, I know Brother Anthony is on. Again, Brother Anthony, uh, thank you for your technology uh, skills. And I have to say, Sister Jennifer also, I don't want to leave her out, but she might try to whoop me one day, so uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to leave her out. But uh, I just want to say that, thank you. Amen. So, yeah, so I, 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 because y'all just don't know, uh, since Brother Anthony been working one-on-one with me behind the scene, and, and uh, I, I, I'm learning how to do technology myself, so... Uh, I get on his nerves, but he still work with me. So, <laughs> so I, I'm proud I thank of God. So you've been doing it. Yes, sir. I, I, amen. I'm learning a whole. Y'all just know, like I said, behind the scenes, I'm learning a whole lot of technology uh, with his guidance. Amen. So that lets you know you never get too old to learn. Amen. All right. Okay. Uh, God bless you. God keep you. Uh, if y'all would, uh, I don't know uh, where it come from, but uh, if you can, uh, the next time we are on on Sunday mornings, uh, I don't know if it's my phone or whatever, but sometimes we get a lot of feedback and we can't hardly hear uh, what someone is saying. So if you can, mute your phone until you want to say something, okay? Uh, before we won't we uh, be getting too much feedback, all right? Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Deacon King on tonight? No, he didn't. he's calling me now. Okay. Well, okay. Him, but, uh, okay. Okay. Deacon Wade, you have anything else? No, sir. Okay. Happy birthday to someone special. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Sister Mitchell. Happy birthday to you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. Yeah. yeah, she getting older, y'all. She getting older. Uh, yeah. Listen, 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 you know. <laughs> hey, man, like they say, she's climbing Jacob ladder round by round. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, hey, man. Uh, Deacon Wade, uh, is uh, Sister Wade on? Yes, sir. 
Just tell her hi for I hadn't heard her voice in a while. Just tell her I say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. All right. All right. God bless you all. God keep you. Uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Eternal Master, we thank you again for this opportunity, this day. Thank you for what you have allowed us to accomplish on today. We ask that you continue leading guide us from one degree to another. Father God, we just leave all situations, all things in your hand because we know that you can work out everything. We know that you are prayer here and asking God. We know that you sit high and look low. We know that while we're trying to figure it out, you already worked it out. Master, in the name of Jesus, we are asking that you let thy will be done because we know your will be done. Everything will be done decent and in order. Bless the school system right now in the name of Jesus. Bless that bereaved family. Bless. We just ask and thank you all for that young baby that made it home safe in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask and look upon those in the prison wall, penitentiary. Lord, we ask and look upon diabetes, heart problems. Look upon all kinds of sickness that's upon the land. We know you got the power to heal. We know that you got the, uh, you can make a way out of no way. Just bless us and keep us. Bless every church door that swing wide open in your name. Father God, bless each member uh, name by name and bless us collectively, bless us individually. Father, we ask you to bless our going out and our coming in. Now this, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And now may the grace of God sweet to me of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with hence now and forevermore. Shall we all say? Amen. 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 All right. Go in peace. God bless. Good night, y'all. Good night. Good. Love y'all. Love y'all too. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.